listening to the PWBA Podcast, a show about the current superstars and legends of the Professional Women's Bowling Association. Join Bowl TV's Jason Thomas and Aaron Smith as they bring you a collection of stories, history, and the latest happenings from the best women bowlers in the world. Good hey. afternoon, sir. Hello, How are Jason you? Thomas. I am doing excellent. How are you doing on a, on a Friday? I'm doing very well. It is oh. it is a happy Friday. What are we doing on a Friday here? I'm confused. We, we are doing a special edition. I think it's, it's, it's our first special edition. Correct? First special edition on the PWBA podcast. Very exciting. Uh, PBA League special edition with our uh, first of our two PWBA teams that were drafted uh, earlier this week. Yes, uh, definitely excited. Enjoyed watching the draft uh, over there on Flow Bowling. And obviously two great teams made up of 10 PWBA superstars, uh, two great coaches and Bob Learn Jr. and Kim Kearney uh, having to make a lot of tough decisions. So I'm going to be excited to uh, kind of hear some of the thought process behind that from both teams. But uh, today we're going to focus on the Miami Wave. JT, before we start here. Is it the Wave or the Waves? Waves, plural. Waves, so you, waves. So you, can, okay. you can only have one team in Miami with uh, with a non-plural team name. So okay. he'd already had that. So they're the Waves. Wow. Uh, so there's the logo. It looks cool. It's going to be a good time. They're going to uh, be the tidal wave that sweeps away the PBA League Championship, aren't they? Ooh. Ooh, look at you go, JT. Going with the, with the metaphors already. I like it. <laughs> yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. I mean, the draft was really fun. I mean, it was nail-biting to watch kind of the – especially the end of it. Um, you know, I know Missy Parkin, we'll talk to her a little bit about, you know, just, just kind of waiting and hoping that she, that she gets on the team. And, and it was, it was fun to watch that show. And, um, I'm, I'm obviously way more excited to watch the competition once it happens, uh, in the fall, but, uh, why don't we bring on Mr. Learn? All right, let's do it. The Miami waves team manager, USBC hall of famer, Mr. 300, Bob Learn Jr. Hey guys, how are you doing? Doing great. Excellent, how, Bob. How are you, sir? Uh, first off, just wanted to say congratulations on the, the Hall of Fame. Um, and, and we will, at, at one point here pretty soon, uh, get around to putting you in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure. Am I actually in or not? I uh, <laughs> actually take the acceptance speech. I don't know if you're actually in. So kind of wondered that, but... But you yeah. announced me as a as a Hall of Famer, so I'll take it as I think you're in when the when the vote comes in, right? Okay. But All right. The, we'll go with that. the ceremony is the actual, you know, symbolic induction into the Hall of Fame. But uh, I think that's an important event. I'm, I'm now you have some extra time to work on your speech, right? Yeah. Oh no, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to wrap up your whole life in five minutes, you know. So. I, it, is. it is. Well, I think you have fifteen. Well, that'll be a great event. We're looking forward to that. I know we did shoot the video. Uh, I've seen it. It's, it's really great. Uh, I, it brings tears to my eyes when I watch it. So hopefully it'll do the same for everybody else, but hopefully it won't mess you up when you, uh, before you have to get up and give your speech. Uh, so we'll get, we'll let you see it before. So you're not surprised. Well, it's and then great. I'll also get to add at the end, being a team manager of the Miami Waves who won 
the PBA league. And That's right. We're going to probably have to nice re-edit the video, that. right? Yeah. <laughs> I like it. I love it. <laughs> so, uh, so tell us about this, this process. What, 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 what's it been like for you and, and what, uh, what are some of the things that you did to kind of prep for it? Well, I mean, I, I did keep tabs on the women's bowling. I mean, I did watch it, you know, so I knew who was doing what it wasn't like I was going in blind, but, um, when I got the call, I was very excited. Uh, and honestly, a pretty unique opportunity to get uh, five women uh, from the PB, PWBA tour and work with them. And, you know, a, a number of those people on the list I had worked with under uh, as an assistant of Team USA uh, coaching, right? So I was familiar with uh, a number of the players. Uh, so, you know, I've been around the, the women and, and and know what they can do. And it's, it's, pretty cool. I mean, being, you know, that I, I coach college and I have some of the best college players. Uh, I mean, this obviously is a whole nother level <laughs> to do that, but uh, to be able to have really, and as you know, it ended up being a top 10 uh, off of the point list. So, yeah, I mean, it, they're all great. Yeah. How did that work? I mean, did you have, how close was the roster that you ended up with to what you kind of were hoping for going in? Well, you know, it's, it's, that's a good question. It's a tough question actually, because you really looked at all scenarios. Um, there's, there's different things in that list. You have some of the hottest players on tour, obviously. Then you have some really strong uh, players that have been around for a long time and obviously show that, you know, they deserve to be on one of these teams as well. Um, so it was really, it was really tough. It was because you know what I like all of them. It's not a personal thing per se, right? You're just you're trying to match up the team as well as you can as the draft is taking place. Now, of course, you get on social media and it's like, oh, I would have picked this person first. That per-. of course you would, you know. But when you're yeah. in a moment, you got two minutes. And I tell you what, two minutes uh, sounds like a long time, but when you're really trying to look down and try to figure out what to do, and you know, if you if you go down and you're afraid of missing the one that's up above too. I mean, it's really, it's tough. And um, I'm glad with every player I have, I think we're going to be really strong. And I think we have strengths uh, that um, I think we present above maybe the other team that was, was drafted. And uh, I have my reasons for that. And we can talk about that as well. Let's get into that, Bob. What, uh, you know, uh, as you mentioned, all these players incredibly, incredibly talented. But, uh, you know, looking at this team now and obviously the selections you made, uh, you know, what what do you see as the strengths of this group? And, uh, you know, on the flip side, you know, are there any weaknesses that you, th- you think might present some trouble down the line? All right. So the weaknesses, again, if you, you have the top 10 women in the world, I don't see where there's a weakness there right um you can go with strengths like oh this person can hook it more that one goes straight or whatever but everybody's got to play on what they're playing on that day and in the people that have the best ball reaction are going to perform the best uh overall and when you look at a lineup you've you got to try to put three three you, you know you have to have three people on really to make to make this all work and in um college i have eight people on my roster and I can pull someone in if they're not doing so well. So that really is kind of what was on my mind. Uh, I felt that the players that I picked were players that will are fighters. You know, they're, they're really determined. And uh, obviously it's one of the reasons why they're at the top 
they're just able to figure things out very well and stay in play and give themselves a chance. Uh, also, I had a look at uh, spare shooting. You know, I want strong spare shooters, obviously not to give anything away to the guys that we'd be bowling against. Um, do we give up a little bit of carry? You know, possibly, possibly, but I think we got better spare shooters. So I think there's a, a wash there when it comes down to that. Um, I did um, I did try to find a little bit of um, variety, again, so I could have three that I felt would be strong uh, during uh, different scenarios that we may come across. Um, and I know one of the big questions was, why didn't either team go down and grab a left-hander? Yeah. Okay, so my own thoughts on that were – uh, I, w- I pretty much talked myself out of it. And I'm, Shannon Plahowski is a, a great player. And, I, I mean, get along with her, fine. It's, again, not a personal thing. Um, I, she's amazing. Looking at what the guys do to the lanes, especially the left-handers, they barely ever have anything else but urethane in their hand. And what they do with that urethane and uh, to a lane it can be pretty, pretty ugly. They're able to manipulate the lane a little better with their high rev rate. They're shaping the ball differently than Shannon would. And they're able to get to parts of the lane in uh, where she would, I was, I saw having a little struggle with the ball reading uh, the right spot for her. And so I just felt, and, and obviously Kim had a similar feeling, right? Mm-hmm. She didn't, she didn't go that direction either. And so it was nothing against, uh, her, because I think she's a fantastic player. I'd love to have her on my team. But in this scenario, I felt that I, I might lose a player. And you can't afford to really, really do that. Um, and on the right, if we have something similar to that, at least I have five players that were able to talk and play uh, with each other and kind of decide you know, what the best uh, way to play the lane is. And then also have five that can actually work the lane and be able to create something for ourselves. So I decided that it was a, a detriment more than an advantage uh, for that very reason. Now, the other side of looking at how strong are our weaknesses, um, it's funny because I do bowl every now and then still on the regular tour. Now, I have a couple players on my team that have bowled against the men uh, consistently. Mm-hmm. And so they already know what they're kind of – going to be looking at right um so let's just take for instance the top two players that were on the point list if i look at one and two which we know were shannon and danielle um who's played with the men who's competed with the men danielle Danielle. so shannon obviously i mean amazing player obviously she's been a dominant player but i don't think i lose anything uh, when I grabbed Danielle as my first pick over Shannon because she's acclimated to what, what's going on and she sees what they do to the lanes and she makes the adjustments that she's, you know, she'll see the same type of adjustments that she had to make uh, throughout the year because she bowls enough of their events. So um, everyone's like, you know, how'd you feel about not getting Shannon? I'm like, I was fine. I mean, yeah. would you want Shannon and Danielle? Sure. <laughs> yeah, both, right. Right. right, but right. I, I didn't see it as like, I, you got you got number two. You lost the coin toss. I'm like, no, I got a very strong player here, and I'm excited about that. Um, the guys, when I bowl against the guys on the tour, they don't really play patterns the way 
patterns are even built, to be honest. They create a lot of angle through the front to create their hold. And what they'll do is it'll establish an angle to where they can create hold on the lane, and they'll, they'll get a ball that they can make it come back right of that. That's how they play. They play for a hold spot and then get on it and be able to create something right with that. Most of us will actually look for a little bit of friction, try to align to it, right? Right. Most of us humans. Yeah. And so, <laughs> and so the angles that they create when they break the lanes down are really not normal. And uh, and their idea of how they break down the lane and play a lane are not normal. And I think that really is different to what you see from the women and how they play more traditional, you know, like, hey, I'm, here's a and they play transition as it should be. So going to someone that gets in and hooks the ball and tries to stay with the guys, I don't I don't really like that as being a, a, a great uh, way to go after it. I, I hook the ball. I still get plenty on the ball, and I, I don't like the way my ball looks when I got to get in and play with those guys, right? Yeah. Um, I'm struggling to get the ball – uh, to see the the lane properly, so I'm I was gonna okay. I was gonna ask that question, but you answered it really for me. Like, was there a, was there a you know an idea of picking a bunch of you know players on the point list that that like to hook the ball more? But your answer makes sense. But it, it goes back to are are you thinking about the strategy of trying to stay away from where the men play when you guys go in, or are you just going to try to play the lanes however? I, I, I probably would at all costs. I, I mean, if it's possible, yes. Yes, because I think that we can be – guys don't like to play right and go up the lane. They just don't. They want to go in and they want to hook it. As we see, the dominant players are just that, right? Guys are real high rev rates. I mean, their rev rates are always 450-plus, right, that are, yeah. that are on TV. Uh, you rarely see the exception to that. And when you had, say, like Norm Duke, who had won two tournaments last year – um, he was farther right and going straighter, and yeah. that was advanced because he, he was able to play the two patterns the same. Yeah, didn't have anybody yeah. else doing it right. right. Well, that's right. where I see our team. I see our team. If we have an opportunity like that, we can we can have a lot of success. And I know these girls can get in and play, but why play when you're up against that and the transition that happens uh, with those guys? If we can create our own uh, thing, and quite honestly, the patterns they play in this league are not as tough as what they do uh, bowl on normally. So we know we're going to have, at least if things remain the same, a spot of friction that we can align to and be able to get everybody out there and, and play together. Now, as far as how they play together, I can only assume they all have mutual respect for one another, being that they compete with each other all the time. And, of course, they can speak on that in a bit. But um, I like each and every one of them. I've been around – each and every one of them enough to know that I like them. And I hope that they feel the same about each other. Cause I think we could do some really great things. Well, let's, let's talk to him. What do you say, Mr. Smith? Sounds good. Mr. Thomas. I think I'm going to excuse myself, but uh, I'll come back in in a little bit. Okay. All right. Uh, Jason Thomas is going to step out. Bob Learn Jr. is going to stick around for a little bit, but uh, we have four of the five members of the Miami wave. So Miami waves, plural. So let's welcome in Missy Parkin. Danielle McCune, Dasha Kovalova, and maybe Liz Culkin. <laughs> There's Liz. All right. Uh oh, Liz, you might be uh, might be frozen there. Oh, okay. You're, you're moving.
not not in the best scenario here with the service, but we're going to try our best. <laughs> All right. We're hearing you loud and clear. So that's the important part. So uh, welcome, everybody, to the PWBA podcast. Thank you for joining us here today. Uh, one of your team members uh, was unable to make it, Clara Guerrero. But uh, we are very excited to talk with uh, with each and every one of you about this team coming together and obviously uh, competing in the PWBA, or excuse me, as the PWBA team, one of them at the PBA League in September. Uh, so first off, I'm uh, going to throw a few direct questions at a few of the players here. So Danielle, we'll start with you as uh, you know, essentially you were the top pick for the team. Um, so you are the one player on this group who has had a previous PBA league experience. Uh, what is the, uh, if possible, the one piece of advice you could give uh, these other ladies on your team concerning just that atmosphere in Portland, Maine? The atmosphere in Portland is unlike anything I've ever experienced before. Um, it's so electrifying and so exciting to be part of it. And I just remember the first time I competed in the league, I was watching the match that was before mine. I was sitting off to the side behind the cameras, and I was petrified, literally petrified to get on the lanes because I've never seen anything like that. I've never seen the fans jumping around and screaming and chanting as you're on the approach delivering your shot. And I just didn't know if I was going to be able to handle that. Um, you know, once I got out there, it all clicked and it was a lot of fun. But the one piece of advice that I would give to my fellow teammates is just to prepare yourself for that. You know, we, we prepare ourselves for TV shows and for TV sets all the time where you visualize the cameraman's there, the fans are there, it's silent, I need to make my shot. So instead, now you're visualizing there's a guy in a squirrel suit over there and there's people with afros dancing around over there and they're chanting my name and now I need to go make a shot. It's just a different mindset. Would you recommend they make friends with Squirrel Guy quickly or stay away from Squirrel Guy? <laughs> Definitely make friends. <laughs> All right. Perfect. Perfect. Uh, Danielle, another aspect of this, uh, when kind of looking at the brand of equipment everyone uses, uh, Missy, Clara, Dasha, and Liz, all part of the Brunswick Columbia family. Uh, you're the lone Storm Roto player on this team, but I know you've had experience uh, kind of having to talk through ball motion, cores, covers, shapes, and all that uh, as part of uh, Team USA. Uh, so for you, what's going to be the biggest learning curve kind of to go in and be able to kind of have those conversations with your teammates and seeing, you know, if everyone else is kind of seeing, you know, a, a certain core, certain cover work, uh, how are you guys going to make that transition as quick as possible? I really don't see it as a learning curve or even a transition. Like, as you said, I've had experience with bowling with some of these ladies on Team USA, so we already have those communication skills built. And as far as Dasha and Clara go, I bowl against them every weekend, and they're two players that I feel are kind of similar to how I throw it. So if I'm lost, they're one of the first two players I'm going to stand behind and try to figure out what they're doing and what that means for me. So I'm already pretty familiar with everyone's game, and I think that's going to give us a huge advantage. Excellent, excellent. Uh, Dasha. Hi, Dasha. <laughs> um, you know, you and Liz are kind of the uh, most recent players to come out of the collegiate game. You were a standout at Wichita State. Liz at Nebraska, we can see it on the back of her uh, back of her seat right there as well. Go Huskers. <laughs> uh, but obviously this team all has collegiate experience. Uh, but, you know, what's going to be the, I, I guess, the – you know, how much do you think this is going to, pair to compare to the collegiate atmosphere? Obviously, that was something everyone, if you thrived in, but, you know, kind of just being out of it for a few years. What do you think uh, are going to be the biggest things you're going to take away from that experience that's going to help you in Portland, Maine? Just the communication between the teammates. And I mean, come on, look at those people I'm going to bowl with. They're super awesome. And 
it's like collegiate bowling, but on another level with like the dream team and just having fun and enjoying being around those wonderful ladies and learning from them and I don't know, making cheers. And do they make cheers? Do they not make cheers anymore? I was going to ask that. I want to try. <laughs> that could be a new addition but, to the uh, PBA league. <laughs> but like just just being in that atmosphere and uh, learning how those ladies bowl and maybe using it against them on tour, but for our teammates, I'm not going to do that. And uh, just being excited and having fun. I, I do like it. You, you, you're the first one to use Dream Team, so the Miami Waves will be credited with the Dream Team moving forward. So, <laughs> uh, Liz, kind of the same question for you. Uh, as we mentioned, at Nebraska, standout a national uh, champion there. Uh, just what do you see the parallels between the PBA league and collegiate bowling for you? Yeah, so actually the first couple years that the PBA league was in Maine, I got to spectate. And so I wasn't bowling, but I was in the crowd with Squirrel Guy and kind of hanging out. And I know how what Danielle is talking about when she says electrifying because it really is like no other. So I kind of have a feeling for how it's going to be already. And also I know um, if you step into a collegiate tournament for girls, I mean, it is high-fiving, slapping, yelling. I mean, I feel like a lot of us have been exposed to a lot of that already. Now, obviously this is, this is a little bit more intense, but I feel like because of that, a lot of us have bowled with some distractions before. And obviously when you bowl on TV, it may not be cheers, but you have lights and you have it's hot and everything else. So I feel like a lot of us have that parallel. And I feel like that's a big benefit for us that a lot of us have been in those types of situations. And a lot of us have bowled on TV a lot. So I think we're ready for whatever situation is thrown at us. All right. And uh, Liz, we're going to keep it with you for one more quick question. Uh, we had Missy on the podcast uh, a week or two ago. We had Jordan Richard on as well. The three of you won the trios gold at the world championships uh, just uh, or in 2019. And, uh, you know, we kind of got to hear the story of kind of the final frames of that event and, and Missy kind of, you know, different side of Missy getting everyone kind of fired up and ready to go for those final few frames. Uh, so I'd like to hear your side of that kind of moment where it kind of turned and clicked and you guys started taking the lead and eventually winning the gold medal. Oh yeah. I mean, I've, I've been very fortunate in my career to bowl in a lot of high pressure situations and be able to make shots. And I've had accomplishments in my career, but hands down that was the most intense most nervous I've ever been to throw a bowling ball in my career that first shot in the 10th frame um, where I needed to strike basically to pressure Maria to throw a shot um, it was incredible there's no really other way to describe it Missy really I mean because Jordan and I are kind of um, you know not rookie we're kind of rookies in a sense on Team USA and obviously Missy has been around and she basically saw what was happening and knew to bring us aside and say, all right, guys, listen, let's turn this around. We're not out of this. You know, let's make our shots. We know what we're capable of and, and let's do this. And fortunately, we were able to do that. And it was an experience like no other. And it's definitely a moment I'll never forget in my bowling career. Excellent. Excellent. Missy, that, that's been one of my favorite stories on the podcast, by the way. So that's why I keep bringing it up. It's, it's just such a great story. Uh, Missy, you know, obviously your performances against the men 
uh, are well documented. The first to become a PBA member, the first to win three regionals, I believe also the highest finish at the uh, US Open and the Masters for a female competitor. Uh, so how do you think this environment is going to be different in the, you know, essentially in the team atmosphere, everyone on one pair of lanes? Uh, how do you think that's going to be different? And how much do you think your previous experiences uh, have are going to help you for it? I think it's going to be different in the sense that it's not just being me by myself now. It's five of us and we have the opportunity to actually break down the lane together and break it down in a way that, you know, it could be advantageous to all of us. And then already kind of knowing the transitions that happen with the guys and what the guys do to the lanes. Um, I mean, Danielle and I both have a lot of experience, Clara as well. And we kind of already know what to anticipate there. And we can just, you know, relay the information that much quicker. So I think it's, it's going to be so much fun. And like everybody's already talked about with the environment, it's just going to be amazing. So I just can't wait. All right. All right. Uh, as we approach the halfway point, uh, 30 minutes into the podcast, I'm going to actually switch myself out for a second. Jason Thomas, are you paying attention? You look ready to go. So I'm going to bring in JT. I'm going to step out for a second. So we'll be back momentarily. Hello. This is fun. I'm having a good time listening to you guys. Uh, my question, my first question is, and anybody can answer this, Bob, you, you as well. How do you guys plan to prepare for the competition as as a team? I know there's you know a lot of restrictions in place with what's going on right now. Uh, do you do you guys plan on getting on the phone and doing some Zoom calls? You know, how do you how do you guys plan to prep? Well, I like that idea. I like getting on the same call and uh, having a few discussions. I reached out to everybody through my email, so everybody knows how to get hold of me. Um, certainly we want to talk about what we're going to be bringing. How many, how many balls are we bringing? What are we bringing? So we know that we have it covered, right? Um, listen, it, it goes down back to when we get on the lanes there, uh, and seeing what's going on, you know, that's when the decisions really happen, but being prepared as much as we can, uh, when we get there with the equipment that we have with us, just having a better understanding what we're working with. So we know what ball, what ball, you know, is next in our, uh, lineup. Um, so yeah, we'll get that all straight. Um, I wish we had a few more days prior, but we get one full day, I guess, to work on it on lanes. So, uh, I'm really looking forward to it. I think we're going to do some cool things. You know, you guys, some of you have bowled together, you know, obviously on team USA and whatnot. Do you have kind of like a shorthand that you use typically when you're competing together with, uh, you know, like, move to left, you know, do this, this ball change, you know, they're, they're five different than your last frame. You know, do you guys, you guys have something that you've worked on in the past that you think you might use for this competition? I think we've, we've just always uh, been very open when we see the lanes transitioning, we make sure before the next player steps on the lane or gets anywhere near stepping on the lane, but we uh, definitely communicate that <laughs> prior to. Uh, I don't know if there's necessarily a shorthand, but we're definitely very good with our communication, especially when we're seeing uh, transition happening on the lane. We're all really good shot makers, and we know when we throw it good. And if we don't see our ball doing the right thing, we're going to let our teammates know. And generally, they already also see that. But we definitely make sure we communicate it as well. Yeah, and you know, Danielle had mentioned it, but do you guys typically follow each other at tournaments to kind of line up off of each other? Is that kind of something that you guys you know, have found as, as 
going to be bowling together. Hey, these are these are players that I typically line up off of. I'll say that I do that with Clara. Yeah. <laughs> um, I definitely have done that with Clara a lot in the past. We roomed together the first couple of years on tour. So um, we definitely have always been able to line up off each other and watch what each other's doing. What about you, Dasha? Uh, me and Liz, we talk about, you know, hey, this is the ball word. That's what the lane is. Especially if we follow each other. Like I try to tell her that, how many how much differences I have and she also is very helpful and sometimes I spy on Danielle when she's striking a lot too, but this is my secret don't tell you. <laughs> yeah, Liz, I spy I, on you too. <laughs> you spy on each other. I like that. Stop. Uh, uh Liz, you're probably the player on the team that, that likes to hook it the most. Are you planning on trying to play a little straighter with the rest of the team? Or are you are you you know, going to be comfortable, you know, playing your, your, your natural game to get, get inside everybody a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I definitely, when I, when you look the team up and down, obviously I'm kind of the black sheep of the group uh, a little bit with, um, you know, just playing a little bit further left than the rest of the girls. However, I don't necessarily uh, see that as a bad thing. And I mean, also, I, I will say that over the years on tour, I've become a much more versatile player. Um, if this was in 2015, I may say to you, hmm, I'm a little bit nervous about playing up eight or seven. But as time has gone on, I've gotten a lot better at changing my hand position. I've gotten a lot better at playing the friction a little bit better. So obviously, that's something that I'm looking forward to uh, talking with Bob and talking with the rest of the girls to try to figure out the best way for us to be successful. Um, obviously, I'm never going to be in a position where I'm going to be like, this is where I want to play the lane and that's how it's going to be. Um, I'm looking forward to, to seeing what's out there. Um, talking about layouts. I know in the past I've used a lot of uh, two inch pin layouts to kind of make it a little bit easier for me to play further right with my ball roll. So I think it's going to be not a problem at all. I'm looking forward to working with my teammates and also Bob with finding the best way for us to be successful. Yeah, no, that's nice. I, I, and maybe even uh, getting some shots at anchor if uh, they set the lanes up nicely for someone who likes to go left or right, right? Yeah, that. I mean, that is it. I and mean, we have we have a variety here. We have people uh, to based on what the lanes do. We have someone to fill that 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 place if we need it. So, I, I think we're in really good shape. I really do. Um, I was very very glad to get the the lineup that I have. Um, you know, I do watch balls go down the lane all the time in college, right? Obviously, and I still bowl competitively. You know, I still go out and, and compete. So I, I feel it. I know it. I, uh, I can easily see it and uh, help. I don't think we're going to get lost here. I think we're going to be on top of it. I think we're going to be a step ahead, and I think we're going to be successful. Yeah, I, I want to get back to the atmosphere a little bit. Um, my guess is that you guys are going to have the crowd on your side, whatever team it is that you're bowling against. You guys, uh, A, think that's true, and B, do you have any additional tricks up your sleeve to try to get the crowd even more on your side? Well, you can't reveal tricks. <laughs> <laughs> but of course we'll have some. Yeah, but do you think, that'll, you think yeah, uh, that might play into the – into the you know mentality of the competition a little bit absolutely you have that much energy and the people are behind you 
as a group. And I think they will gravitate toward the women. I think they want to see them, you know, upset the teams that have been there. Right. And, uh, Absolutely. We got some things that I have on in mind. My wife has already given me some good ideas and what we can do to get them on our side early. So um, I think, I think we'll be just fine. Yeah. What about you ladies? Any, any, uh, maybe not tricks that you want to reveal, but I mean, I mean, you guys have bowled against, against men. Um, do you think there's a little bit of added pressure on them not to lose uh, just because of, you know, your women and then also the crowd wanting you to win? I don't know if it's so much added pressure, um, but I can definitely tell you they don't like losing to us. So <laughs> <maybe>. <laughs> I think they're very respectful um, of all of us. You know, anytime I've competed against the guys, they, they know that we're good players and they're respectful of that. But it's it's definitely an extra little bonus for us when we get to kind of show up and go go at them and make them a little upset. So hopefully we can do that. Yeah, I'll tell I'll tell a really quick story and then we can get back to this. But uh, at last year's Hall of Fame induction ceremony, Kelly Kulik and Mika Koivaniemi were two of the inductees. And there was a clip uh, that we showed during Kelly's video where she she threw a strike to lock Mika out and move on to the title match. And the look on Mika's face was uh, priceless. And and the whole room just lot lost it. I mean, they thought it was the funniest thing ever. Just the look on Mika's face. Because uh, he doesn't like to lose uh, in, in, in any case. But, um, yeah, it was pretty interesting. But, anyway, just to get back to that, any any other uh, thoughts on that before? Uh, is there any Are there any teams in particular you think might be affected more by it than others? Well, I do see uh, a team or two that might be affected more by COVID. There's going to be some question marks. Just about whether they're able to, to get yeah. here and yeah. 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 So let's see how that, that goes. Yeah, I mean, obviously we hope everybody can, can make it and, and uh, you know, the competition's able to go off without a hitch. But uh, are there, from a, from a style standpoint, are there any teams that you guys think, you know, you match up well against? Well, I guess, you know, when we get to the end and the, both women's teams are left, I suppose that would be the closest match. <laughs> <laughs> but would you rather play a team that, that that has a bunch of players that like to hook it, or would you rather play a team that you know is going to throw urethane and play to the right? I'll let the ladies talk about that one. Who would you rather have? Not urethane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, I, I don't feel too good about urethane. There's some weird voodoo magic when people throw urethane. You know, it's quite possible that they may do that in warm-ups too, get their urethane out and try to mess with the right. But they're going to mess themselves up too. So, sure, I, I think we win that battle. So, sure, exactly. They could actually just create some hold for us too, and then hang for them. So, sure. Yeah, it's a good point. We can use three sixty on our bowling balls and just cross <laughs> <laughs> urethane out. <laughs> Well, Danielle, you bowled in that center. How how's the surface in that center? Uh, definitely higher friction surface. Um, but I was always able to kind of play what I like to do, just straighter angles, and just use the the right ball that gives me the ability to do that. You know, anytime I've ever bowled against the guys, the the main thing that I found success with is just staying true to myself. You know, kind of as you were talking earlier, the guys break the lanes down so differently. So. 
Um, it's kind of the, do you try to manipulate your game to play where they're demanding the shot to be, or do you do what you're best at? And after a few years of bowling with the guys, I've discovered I need to just do what I'm best at. I've watched a lot of girls, Missy included, just kind of do the same thing, even though the shot doesn't necessarily say play there. She's the best at playing her game, and she's going to do that and make it work. I like that. Yeah, I know. I know a lot of you guys have you know close relationships with some of the players on the men's tour. Uh, have you guys gotten any uh, ribbing from from those guys uh, since since you've been drafted? No. Some no. They'll probably save it for the competition. Yeah. <laughs> any any little little behind the scenes bets going on with uh, with you guys? <laughs> I I actually think we have an upper hand uh, psych psychologically. I do. I really do. I would assume the guys are pretty happy to have you guys in there, right? I mean, they're 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 but they still want to win, right? No, we want to win too. The difference is with our draft is we got to take the top. We ended up with the top 10 players on our two teams. Those other teams, you know, they had to split it up a little bit, you know, and how they had to draft our players. So that's where I think we, again, we have a, a little different opportunity here. We, yeah, got, yeah. we got to pick from the best. And everyone's like, well, why did you guys just stay in the top 10? I'm like, why not? <laughs> you can't argue with success. Yeah. So, um, before we get, we got some fun questions to ask you guys here in a minute. I'm going to have Aaron come back in for that. But um, uh, one last question before before we move on. Um, you know, we talked a little bit about you know how you guys are going to prepare for this, but like I assume individually you'll go out and practice. Would would one of the strategies that you might employ you know be to pair up with with you know uh, Maybe maybe like a local two hander, or you know, just to just to kind of simulate some of the possible uh, lane transitions that you might see um, in this competition. Yeah, I mean, probably would go and bowl, bowl with like a higher end bowling, higher end bowling ball, and then just try to figure out what to do from there to beat the lanes up, and then be really mad at yourself that you didn't, but then try to figure out what to do now. That's my strategy. <laughs> <laughs> what about yeah, there's, the rest? No, there's no perfect way to prepare for it. Yeah, yeah. I know, I know, yeah, obviously, uh, all of you have bowled with, with the men, so you kind of know what, what to expect in terms of transition. But there's not a lot of bowling going on right now. So I was just wondering if there was, you know, anything you could do to try to, you know, there's nothing like going out and competing, right? So. I, I just wondered if there was anything that you guys were planning on doing with uh, you know the situation, with, you know, being what it is right now to try to you know, simulate that. How many of you uh, aren't able to practice regularly? Everybody's able to get on lines. Mm, my center's so. still closed. <laughs> I know yeah, people. So is mine. <laughs> yeah, my center's closed, but I can go practice. But that makes it tougher, right? Right. I don't know about you. Like uh, I practiced uh, during uh, quarantine, and they had to air off because they weren't open. And you go in the approach. I'd, I'd never wear a sock. I'd fall on my butt trying to do that. But I had to wear a sock just to have a somewhat normal slide wow. because of humidity and whatnot. 
being in, you know, with the, with the approaches. So it made my practice different because of what I had to practice uh, on. And there was more approach than anything, but I would never see the approaches that tacky ever than what I experienced. So, you know, but as, as long as you get on the lanes, you feel like you, you know, you can get a pretty good feel. That's all you're really looking for anyway. We've all, we've all bowled on enough conditions that we know what we have to do when we see it. Not worried about that. We got this. Nice. Well, that's the last question I had. I'm going to bring Aaron back in, and he's got some uh, some more fun stuff for you guys. So I'm looking forward to hearing your answers on this stuff. Hello again, everybody. Hi. Hi. Aaron. Oh, that's right, Dasha. <laughs> I actually drank all my water though while I was, while I was waiting. Yay. There, so. Um, <laughs> So to kind of get to the end of the show here, uh, you know, we, we've had a show on Bull TV called The Gauntlet, and there's uh, one particular round called You Don't Know Me uh, that uh, kind of allows folks to see what they know about other people. So I thought this might be a cool team building experience to kind of see where everyone's thinking ahead about certain things. Obviously, Clara's not here, but that's okay. Uh, so you guys can pick her for this too, if you'd like. Uh, but I got a few questions. Some of them are more bowling related. Some of them are more on the fun side about competing in the PBA league. Uh, so I'm not sure if everyone has paper or not. Maybe not. I'm guessing Liz doesn't. Liz is in the <laughs> Maybe she does. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. <laughs> all right. Uh, maybe we'll just pick everyone around the circle to do this. So uh, obviously uh, everyone's very familiar with a Baker lineup at this point. Uh, and they know there's a certain type of player that kind of fits into each position. So my first question for the group here, we'll give you a, a few seconds to, to put it together. Who do you think is the most likely to fit in the leadoff position on a Baker team out of this team? Anybody? Well, that's that's fair too. <laughs> no, um, I mean, right for the top, I would, I would, I would, I would pick Missy probably, because I know that she keeps the ball in play very well, and she's going to give us a good look at it, and uh, we can all all see off of her shot what you know what we're in for if if there's change, right? Um, usually, you want to have somebody can control the pocket pretty easily, so that would be my my choice. Excellent, Bob. Uh, Missy, we'll throw it to you now. Um, I did bowl leadoff uh, just recently in the Women's World Championships for our team. So I would right. say me, I guess. Excellent. <laughs> uh, Danielle. I agree. I think I would lean towards Missy. Although, you know, when you think leadoff position, also keeping the ball in play, but you also want that person to kind of be the spark and the excitement to kind of jolt start the team and get, get you going. And there's a few people on our team that could fill that spot. So it would be a hard decision. I, I, I agree with the excitement part. Uh, Dasha. Uh, either Missy or Clara, because Clara can also do like, she can kind of light it up because she's super energetic and she has that, you know, away when she gets intense she goes like come on let's go let's go like that type of thing i'm not very good at impressions but you, you know what i'm talking about mm -hmm. and missy is a very experienced player who always plays a lot of times plays lead off i think should be a good person to give us the idea of where to go and what to do all right and liz i, I think you started to answer but uh it is now your turn 
Yeah, I'm. I agree with the Missy choice. I mean, she did just mention that she bowled lead off at World Championships. Not only is she really good at controlling the pocket, she's really good at seeing ball motion and really good at communicating, which is obviously very important when you're bowling in a Baker format because you want to know what the next player is going to do. So I think she'd be a really good option. All right, excellent. Uh, we're going to hop to the other other end of the spectrum here now. Uh, so Baker lineup. That fifth spot, obviously, everyone can go up in there and throw the double when you need it. But uh, who kind of fits that anchor spot mentality the best? We'll, we'll go the other way around this time. We'll start with Liz. Oof. Um, well, I feel like in, in that, and it's tough with the anchor bowler because usually it's obviously your best player. But your best player could be a different person every time you step out on the lane. I mean, we're all very talented bowlers, obviously, but... Bob mentioned this in the beginning of the, the podcast that it's all about who has the best ball reaction at that moment. I mean, um, probably on paper, Danielle uh, should be our anchor player, but it all depends on whose ball reaction is is the best at that time. And also, I mean, obviously you look at an anchor player in clutch moments. We've all had times where we've had to throw strikes. So, I mean, if I had to answer, um, I would say, say the person that has the best ball reaction, but I would say Danielle if we're going to pick somebody. All right. Dasha. Danielle. <laughs> She's experienced in the PBA league and she can definitely make shots when it counts. So girl, you got my ball anytime. I'll bet my money on you. <laughs> there we go. D Mac. Uh, I couldn't pick a person similar to what Liz said. I feel like we're all experienced. We all can strike on TV. I've watched all these girls do amazing things on TV sets. So I would want to wait till that day and see who's throwing it the best, who's most comfortable, who has the best ball of motion. And I believe in anybody who's in that spot. All right, Missy. I agree with what everybody else said. <laughs> it's all going to come down to who has the best ball reaction. Um, like what Danielle said, I've seen every single one of the uh, players on our team make those shots when they need it. So, absolutely. And uh, and Bob, uh, ditto. I mean, what else to say? <laughs> you, again, you've got the top players; they're all able to get up there and get it done. Um, who? What Danielle said was, "Who's the most comfortable on the lanes?" I like that. These these next two are are going to be a little bit tougher because. I don't think we can work the same angle that we've worked with leadoff and, and anchor position. So we're going into the personalities now a little bit more. So who do you think is most likely to play to the crowd at Bayside? We'll start with you, Bob. <laughs> well, um, I'm gonna, I guess I'm going to go off the fact that I heard uh, Clara's name brought up as being someone that likes to get everybody going. So I suppose, uh, I suppose maybe her, but Danielle's had been there before, so she's got people in the crowd she already knows and that have followed her, so I'm sure she'll do a pretty good job as well. But um, I got Dasha wants to do cheers, for God's sake. You know, so, you know, it could be any of them. <laughs> My guilty pleasure. Give it to me. Just give me one, one cheer. That's all I ask for. <laughs> I, I will be ready for that. All right, Missy. Uh, I'd have to say Liz for sure. <laughs> Liz can start dancing and cheering and screaming and get everybody all excited. So I have to say Liz. <laughs> Excellent. Dancing. All right. So there's a new side here. I didn't know, right? <laughs> hey. all, we're, we're team building here, it's Bob. It's all coming out now, Bob. 
<laughs> All right, Danielle. Hands down, Liz. Um, it was one of the first things I texted her after she was added to the team. You're just going to love this environment and it's just going to bring out the best in her. I know she just loves all that excitement and it makes her bowl her best. So definitely, Liz. Very nice, very nice. Dasha? I think Bob is going to do a great job. Ooh. Bob is going to call there and be like, yeah, let's go. After all, I am the cheerleader. I can't throw a ball. I can only <laughs> I just take some pom-poms and go like... You do not want to see that. (laughs) (laughs) What if we do? We'll we'll see what happens. (laughs) All right, Liz, you've been the popular choice for this. Do you think it's you or someone else with me? I feel like we're all capable of of getting into the crowd, but I know, I mean, I've been bowling with these girls, not only on Team USA, but over the years on tour. And it's no secret that I'm an adrenaline player. Um, I always have been since college days and even bled into my fresh professional career, obviously. I love to play off the crowd. I love to play off just audience. I just have always been that way. I'm a very animated player. So um, I'm really looking forward to bowling in that environment. That's all I have to say. <laughs> excellent, excellent. All right, the uh, final question for this round, uh, one I'm, I'm very intrigued by, and, and this is an option to take the high road or have fun with it. Um, who is the most likely to trash talk another team? So if that's, you know, little talking, little maybe walk it off on their lane, one of those two, something like that. Uh, is, is there someone on this team who fits that bill or maybe even not? Uh, Liz. Oh, it's Bob. <laughs> I'll take that. Oh, Bob will start. All right. No, no, no. Just the fact I'll take that job. Hmm. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Again, I feel like this is one where I think all of us could possibly do that. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I can see myself throwing some punches because I just like to do that kind of stuff. But I can also see Clara's pretty fiery and, and tenacious when it comes to that. So I can see Clara maybe in Spanish spurting some, some, some stuff <laughs> off real quick. Um, that's, I, that's what I'm thinking of. I, I would say either Clara or myself. All right. Dasha. I can contribute to the being mad at other team if they're gonna be mad at us. Oof. Don't don't do that. I'll don't get, get I'll get protective and I'll be like, yo, you want you want to take it outside? Let's go. All right. Uh Danielle. Um I could tell you I would like to see Clara do it. And as Liz said in Spanish, you know, I've seen her a ton of times on the lanes get all fired up and get those phrases going in Spanish. And I'm always like, what is she saying? So I would love her to be on my team and on my side of that and send it the other way. Very nice. Missy. Uh, I would agree that uh, Clara could definitely see doing that. And Bob. Bob, for sure. He'll have our back. And uh, I, I can also see Liz <laughs> getting fiery with the guys. <laughs> All right, Bob, you've already well, volunteered. Sure they're not going to back down. I can tell you that. <laughs> see what this is morphing into here. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I do appreciate you guys having some fun with us here. I'm going to bring uh, Jason back in to kind of wrap up the show, but uh, enjoyed that little team building right there. So, uh, JT, I'm going to send it back to you. Thanks. Thanks, Aaron. Uh, that was fun. Uh, I'm looking forward to talking about this over the next couple of months. Obviously, we all want it, want it to happen. Especially, I especially want that last part that you just talked about to happen. 
Like, please, if, if it happens, please, please, please trash talk. <laughs> I, I just, I, it's what, it's what I want to see the most. Uh, but anyway, just, just any closing thoughts, guys, before we, uh, we wrap it up today. What, what? Let's just go around and, and get, you know, all of your impressions on, you know, the opportunity and what you're looking forward to about this. Starting with Liz. Go ahead. Go ahead, Liz. Okay. Or should we start with Missy since she's the lead off? Okay. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll start. Uh, first, thank you so much, Bob, for the opportunity. Uh, I'm extremely excited to get on the lanes with these girls. I think we have an amazing team. Uh, I can't wait to see what we do up against those guys and, and definitely uh, <laughs> have them have more faces like Mika. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you again for the opportunity. I'm glad to have you. All right, who's, who's, yeah, who's second? Who's second in the lineup there? Oh, I don't think we ever determined we that. We yeah, we didn't, we didn't determine that. Let's go with Liz. Okay. I, I mean, I feel like this is going to be a lot of agreeing as we go down the line, but obviously there was a lot of players capable of competing in this position, and I overall am just very grateful that I'm getting this opportunity to bowl with four other fabulous, very talented ladies and to have a coach that obviously has been around and has a lot of accomplishments working with different players. So I'm very excited to work with Bob because I haven't before. So I just feel overall I'm very grateful to be in this position. I'm really excited for women's bowling in the PWBA to be able to be broadcasted in this event. I feel like it's going to be really good for us. So I'm very excited in that aspect as well. I'm just looking forward to bowling again. I mean, obviously, um, COVID has thrown a lot of curveballs at us this summer. And for us to be able to have a platform to bowl again is very exciting. And I'm looking really forward to doing with all these ladies. And Bob. <laughs> Let's go with Dasha next. I'm just happy that this happened. And uh, I'm really thankful for Bob for trusting me. And I'm sure if you want me still, but I'll do my best. And then just PBA and PRBA for this opportunity to arrive. And again, I'm fangirling as we're speaking. I'm just sitting here like, wow, look at all those ladies and Clara and Bob and Jason. You look fine too, but <laughs> you're not in the Thank Miami you. wave. Sorry. Uh, hey, I'm a fan. I'm just happy to ball and feel the team atmosphere and camaraderie and just having a good time. I'm looking forward to wearing the Miami Waves hat when they have that available. Merch. Uh, looking yeah. forward to merch. Yeah. Danielle? Yes, I couldn't agree more. Thank you, Bob, for this amazing opportunity. You know, listening to the things that you said about myself and my other teammates now, just it shows how much you believe in us, and it really gives us all a lot of confidence moving forward. And, you know, these are the best women in the world, and I bowl against them all the time, and now they're my teammates. So I think together we're just going to be unstoppable. And it's a different scenario for me because being coach, but also being a fan of each of these players, you know, that's a unique opportunity for me. And I'm really looking for the opportunity, honestly, to spend time with you guys. And uh, I know we're going to do great things. I, I know I keep saying that, but I am. I'm, I'm sure we are. It's going to be a lot of fun, even though we're here for competition. It's going to be fun too. We're going to have fun because winning's fun, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there is nothing funner, I think. <laughs> Losing is not fun. Yeah. Is it fun, is funner a word 
No. More no. fun. Yeah, more fun. <laughs> more fun. Yeah. yeah, I'm an English lit major. I could actually turn this <laughs> computer around and show you my degree and all of my teachers are you know rolling in their graves or I'm sure that I'm sure a lot of them are still alive. But anyway. Uh, well, that was good stuff, guys. I really appreciate you guys coming on and uh, sharing your thoughts on the league. Uh, we're obviously going to be completely behind you. We may, may even be dressed in some squirrel suits uh, on site when you guys have the event. We'll be rooting for you. Uh, but looking forward to seeing it all happen. And I'm sure we'll talk more about it you know, in the next in the coming months uh, before the event. So thanks so much for, for coming on the show with us today. And good luck in the, in the competition. Thank you for having us. Thank Jason. you. Thank you. No <laughs> well, sir, that was a lot of fun. That was a super fun, awesome time. Yes. Miami waves, everybody. Yeah. I, I uh, you know, I'm glad we got a chance to talk to them and, and do it in this format. Obviously next week we're going to have the, uh, uh, the Phoenix fury on as well. Mm -hmm. So that, that should be a lot of fun, but uh, man, I, I, we asked some tough questions there to Bob and I really like the way he answered all those questions. You know, it, it really gives you a good insight into what he's thinking as far as, you know, the makeup of the team. And, uh, you know, I think they've got a great chance here in this league. What do you think? I would agree. Uh, I, I really like getting the insight of what he was kind of looking at when putting this team together. And you know what, the one thing I, when, when he said it all of a sudden, I'm like, Damn, that's true. Uh, you know, you look at the PBA, obviously, the I mean, the talent's out of this world there. But, I mean, they got from the top five, from the top 20 to the top 30, 40, 50 players. We got all the top 10 here. So that's uh, – and that was something that I heard him like, you know what? Yeah. He's 100% right. So yeah, that's true. I, I like the sound of that, and I uh, – I, I just like the energy of this team. I think this is going to be a fun team to watch. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing them uh, compete in September. Yeah, yeah, definitely seemed like they had a really good chemistry. Um, just, just you know, having them here on the show today, which I think is a huge piece of this, right? I mean, it's like, it's all, I think it almost might be the whole thing, and and that's one of the hard things about when you pick the team is you know getting the right personalities together. You know, luckily if they all happen to be in the top ten in the points list, right? So they're they're not only great players, but it seems like they have really good chemistry together. So I think they have a, a great chance. That's a big thing, you know, every year at the Open Championships and the Women's Championships, you know, you can put the best five on paper on a team. And, the, you know, the chemistry may not necessarily be there. Uh, but in this instance, I definitely all good vibes coming from this group. So uh, I, I think they're already off on a, on a good start on the right foot. And uh, they're going to strike a bunch in Portland. I agree. Uh, well, what do we got coming up next week, Mr. Uh, uh, Mr. Smith? On the PWBA podcast, uh, I believe we're going to have Stephanie Johnson, 2015 PWBA Rookie of the Year, joining on Monday. We're going to go a little bit different route on Wednesday. Um, going to bring in a player who's going to be a rookie this year in 2020. Uh, the two-time NCBCA Player of the Year, Caitlin Johnson, is going to swing by. And then, as you mentioned, Friday, we are going to have a similar show as to this. We're going to bring the Phoenix Fury on. Uh, so Kim Kearney, Shannon O'Keefe, Liz Johnson, Jordan Richard, uh, Stephanie Johnson, and Maria Jose Rodriguez. So uh, hopefully we'll have all five. We may not, uh, but we'll have fun regardless. So we're definitely looking forward to that. Inside the OC, uh, kind of going a, a cool route for the next show. Uh, going to have Mike Schmidt, who just got 100,000 pins last year in Las Vegas, along with Jamie Brooks, a past champion, a 60-year guy, who's on the verge of getting 100,000 pins. So that's going to be super fun with Matt Cannizzaro 
on Thursday. So that's kind of our week. So I'll let you take it away, JT. Good stuff. I hope everybody has a great weekend. Thanks for joining us here today. Uh, For Aaron Smith, I'm Jason Thomas. Have a great weekend, everybody, and we'll see you next week right back here on Bull TV.